Hey everybody, George Robson here, Worship Arts Pastor at Ocean Grove Online Church. Welcome to another one of our podcasts. I want to encourage you to stay with us for this week's scripture reading and message. I'm sure glad I didn't pass over that completely. That was a blessing. Thank you so much. And, and as I get into the message this morning, you're going to see the uh, extreme irony of that moment just a few minutes ago. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, John 1. What we see in John 1 is the uniqueness of Jesus. And Jesus is unique in a number of ways. He's the one and only Son of God, and, and he's the one and only once for all time Savior of the world. That that alone makes Jesus uh, unique. He was one of a kind. There will never be the need for another Savior because he did everything necessary to save us from our sins, and there is not a need that someone like him would ever need to come along again. But Jesus was unique in another way, and this is where John articulates for us, and I want to read just a few of the verses again so that we see the connection here between Uh, Jesus and, and his uniqueness. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humanity. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Even in that section, we had the one and only son who has come from the father. We could have just as easily read John 1 in this way. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. In Jesus was life, and the life was the light of all people. Jesus was with God from the very beginning. He was there when the world was created, and in fact, nothing that was created was created without him. Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. How are we doing so far, all right? But then something special happens even beyond that. In verse 14, John says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. He became one of us. The fancy church word for this is the incarnation. And we celebrate the incarnation at Christmas time. Jesus took on flesh and blood and became human being. And we marvel and and wonder why God chose to to come in the form of a helpless little baby. But but when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that's what we're celebrating, that, that this baby is God in the flesh. And it's this incarnation that cements Jesus' uniqueness even more than the other things that we have mentioned. Jesus is fully God and fully human. He's not half God and half human. He's fully God and fully human. 
author and pastor John Mark Comer in his book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's a phenomenal book, and I invite and encourage you to rush right out and get it. See what I did there? Yes. Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Anyway, he says that as fully God, Jesus was immortal and infinite, but as fully human, he was mortal and, and finite. As fully God, he is full of potential, and as fully human, he is also saddled with limitations. Important thing as we look at the life of Jesus, and the important thing for us as we look at Jesus as the model and perfecter of our faith is that in his incarnation, in his becoming one of us, he embraced both his potential and his limitations. Now, before you're thinking, okay, you know, Jesus is God, he didn't have any limitations. Let me remind you, Jesus, when he walked among us, needed rest. He needed sleep. He needed food. He felt pain and anguish. He wept and he laughed. He bled and he died. All clear signs of his limitations as fully human. Jesus Fully God, fully human, one of a kind, unique. I invite you to look at the person next to you or in the pew behind you and say, you also are unique. And by unique, we're not meaning odd, just unique. And then say to them, you are full of potential. And you are full of limitations. Amen. Amen. So how do we know this? How do we know as human beings we, we have also all of this potential and all of these limitations? Well, we started with John 1 in the beginning. I'm going to go back to the beginning of Scripture and actually share two sections of Genesis, one from Genesis chapter 1 and one from Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis 1, starting in verse 26, it reads, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Friends, we were created in the image of God. Not fully God like Jesus, but made in the image of God. And as such, we are created full of godly potential. I mean, think about it. As human, be- as human beings made in the image of God, we are creative. 
We are willing to take risks. We are full of faith. We are courageous. We are problem solvers. We, we all have the capacity to love and show empathy and compassion. At least we have the potential for all of these things and more. But as Genesis 2 is going to remind us, we are also created with limitations. Genesis 2, starting in verse 5, reads, Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. The Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. So yes, we were created in the image of God with great potential, but we were also formed out of the dirt and the dust or out of a rib that was formed out of the dirt and the dust, full of limitations. As human beings, we have a limited amount of energy. Amen? I babysat my grandkids on Thursday. Boy, was I reminded of the limitation of only a certain amount of energy. Wow, that's all I can say. But we also have a limited amount of resources. We, we have a, a limited amount of physical ability and stamina. We have a limited mental acuity. We even have a limited attention span. But mostly as a human being, what I have encountered the greatest limitation that we struggle with is we have a limited amount of time. 24 hours in a day. And we have a certain amount of days in our lifetime. And I know there's a debate in Congress and the Senate right now whether to do away with daylight savings time or make daylight savings permanent and stop the back and forth. I don't care what you do, you're not going to increase the 24 hours in a day. It's just not going to happen. It's all we have. But what I want to suggest this morning is that we do like Jesus did, and we embrace both our potential and our limitations. In fact, I'm convinced that until we embrace our limitations, we will never reach our potential. The more we try and reach our potential without acknowledging our limitations, the more we will burn out, the more we will simply, in helter-skelter, go from one thing to the other and run the risk of missing out on the most important thing God has in store for our lives. I have found over and over again, the more I try to push beyond my limitations, the more damage I do to my potential. It just can't keep up. And I can't um, do what God is asking me to do in a way that... Um, is effective or healthy. How many of you have ever said, 
I wish I had more time. Or there's just not enough time in the day to get done what I need to get done. I don't know if you know this or not. I learned it the hard way. The solution to not enough time is not more time. I didn't get any amens on that. The solution to not enough time is not more time because guess what we'll do if we had more time? Fill it up and continue to do the very things that are robbing us from quality time right now. The solution to an over-busy life isn't more time. But here's what it is. It's to slow down and simplify our lives around what really matters. It's to slow down and simplify our lives around what really matters. If loving God really matters to us, then we need to slow down and simplify our lives so we have an opportunity to do that continually and not as an afterthought. If loving family is important to us, then we need to slow down and simplify our lives so that we have the opportunity to do that. If good, healthy relationships are important to us, then we need to slow down and simplify our lives so that we can nurture those relationships that God has blessed us with and they can be strong and a blessing to us and to others. Self-care is important to us. We need to slow down and make sure that we are taking care of ourselves. When Jesus was asked what is the most important commandment, his answer was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor how? As yourself. If we don't have a healthy love of self, then we can't love our neighbors. So here's a few bullet points that I jotted down as a reminder of of embracing our limitations and just what that might look like in our lives. The first one I, I thought of is that our bodies can only be in one place at a time. And then I added, thanks be to God, <laughs> right? Because I'm thinking if my body could be in two places at once, I'd be twice as busy and still not taking advantage of my limitations. But if we embrace our limitations, then we see this this idea that our bodies can only be in one place at a time as a blessing and a gift from God so that we can be fully present where we are and take advantage of every moment to be a blessing or to be blessed can't be in two places at once. So be fully in that one place so that God can use you and bless you. The second one I thought of is that Paul in 1 Corinthians says, our minds can only know in part. So stop trying to solve all the world's problems and all the problems of your life by yourself. If I only know in part, 
then I'm going to count on that you'll know in part, and you'll know in part, and you'll know in part. And we put those parts together, we'll have the definitive word of God on decisions that we need to make. The leadership of the church is meeting tomorrow night because we've got some decisions to make. We've, we've got some information to look at. We've got a, a, a plot of course as we go uh, through this pastoral transition and beyond. And I was racking my brain for weeks, and I'm thinking to myself, why am I doing this alone? This doesn't make any sense. I don't have all the answers. I have a part. But I'm convinced that when we get together with, with you know, 25, 35 people tomorrow night, the answer's there. And as we all do our part, it'll become clear. And it'll become, or it'll be what God wants it to be. And, and finally, each of us have been given a, a, a gift from God with the, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But none of us have been given all of the gifts. So in the the same way, when we put our minds together, if we put our gifts together, then the body of Christ will be complete. The worst thing I can do is is not to celebrate my gift, but to be jealous of your gift. Or not to be satisfied with the one gift that God has given me and want more and more. And before we know it, we're reaching so hard for what we believe our potential is that we have not embraced these joyful, blissful, God-given limitations. Friends, our limitations are not bad. They just are. Theologian and author Peter Scazzaro says that we actually find God's will for us in our limitations. Very provocative for me. I'm working on this still. We find our God's will for us in our limitations, and then he quickly adds, and of course, also in our potential. Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16, to look carefully how you walk. Don't walk as the unwise, but walk as the wise, making the best use of the time You've been given. Love that. Make the best use of the time you've been given. So here's what I've gleaned from this work for today's message. Every day is a chance. It's a chance to live up to my potential, God-given potential. It's also a chance to embrace my limitations so that I am not outliving my potential and doing damage. Every day is a chance to do that. Every hour is an opportunity. Every every hour is an opportunity to see where God is inviting me, what God is inviting me into, who God is inviting me to connect with, build relationships with. Every hour I have the chance to to, uh, not overstand my potential and make sure that the main relationship I'm working on and building is my relationship with God. Christ. And then to realize that every moment that we live, every moment is a precious gift from God. How can we live that way? How can we 
live that way all the time. Well, I think it's the message for today by following Jesus and embracing our potential and embracing our limitations. You know, no one who has ever walked the face of the earth had a more urgent and important mission than Jesus Christ. It was the salvation of the world. If anyone in all of creation should have been on a no-nonsense, I'm going to get there as soon as I can because of what's at stake, mission in life, it would have been Jesus. And yet when we read the Gospels and we look at the life of Jesus, what did he do? He took time to build relationships, to break bread with friends, new acquaintances to heal people who are in need, to perform miracles, to teach, so that after he was gone, his life was going to continue. In the midst of his doing, he went away to the mountaintop to pray and to be alone. He spent time with his disciples. He embraced his limitations as well as his potential. In short, he slowed down. He simplified his life around what was important. Friends, I pray and I hope and I trust that that's what we will take away from today, to look at the way that we're living our lives, to slow down and to simplify so that we can also live in a way that shows the world and ourselves what truly is important in our lives. God, Jesus, family, friends, making a difference. Maybe so. Let's pray together. Oh God, as I did before the sermon started and rushed through um, the bulletin to get to the message, help us to be present in the moment. Help us to be present in this moment, present to you and to your spirit. God, as we go about our, our daily walk, just help us to to, to see the places where we are so caught up in our busyness, the places of stress and anxiety because we're just not getting things done quick enough, the destruction that's left in our path when we focus so much on our potential that we can't think of anything else. God, you created us in your image to help us to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, to live as he lived. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We really appreciate you staying with us this time around. Remember, you can always search out other podcasts from OGC by looking up Ocean Grove Church. 
or type in oceangrovechurch.com slash podcast question mark format equals RSS in your player of choice. And if you'd like other ways to stay up to date on all things Ocean Grove Church, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Ocean Grove Church, on Twitter as OG Church, and don't forget our website, OceanGroveChurch.com. And you can contact us via email at OceanGroveChurch at gmail.com. Until next time, we bid you peace.